It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's the number one team in the NFC North against the last place team in the NFC North. And just as everyone predicted, it's the Chicago Bears in first and the Green Bay Packers in last place. Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. I hope your audience appreciates that that's how I started the show. (laughs) I am Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. And for Locked On Packers listeners, I'm sorry. That's just the truth. That's just where we are after one week here on our Locked On crossover for week two, which is brought to you by Prize Picks, which is a great way to play daily fantasy pick. Some players, you pick over or under the projection from Prize Picks. And if you hit, you get to win money. It could not be easier. Use the promo code Locked On to get that deposit match at Prize Picks. Lauren. Packers Bears. We always have a lot of fun doing these shows on Packers Bears week. The thing for me is I, I watched Bears 49ers and I came out of it going, I I really don't know how much any of this means anything for either one of these teams, the 49ers and the Bears. So what do you feel like you could actually come out of that game saying, okay, here's what I think we learned about this team in week one. Yeah, I think for for both teams, right? Anything you saw in the passing game, throw it out. I mean, more or less throw it out the window. It's not sustainable. Like both quarterbacks said, it was it was fairly inconsistent whether or not they could grip the ball on any given play. Some plays they felt like they could grip it and rip it, and some plays it was really loose in there, and the ball was not going where they wanted it to. So, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that stuff is going to be harder to take away. I, I think from a, the Bears' perspective you really felt like the team was able to establish an identity, a feeling of like, we are going to be a team that does not quit, that fights hard for four quarters, that is resilient both physically and mentally and is not going to be, you know, not going to get down on itself, not going to let mistakes build up and cause problems throughout the course of a game and really sort of stay the course, stay committed, stay strong and keep pushing and make every team, whether whether they're up 17 or, or down 17, make every team play us for a full four quarters. You're never going to see them pack it in. And I also thought they did a good job of adjusting at halftime too. It, for me, it's it's sort of the, the bigger picture things that aren't as much of the minutia of what happened on specific plays, but more so the feeling around the team and some of the energy that they brought. I feel like those are the kind of things that are translatable from a game like this. Well, it's the vibes. It's the vibes. But I imagine the Packers are kind of feeling in a similar boat. Like not that there's nothing that's, that you take away from that game but just that like we I don't know week one for Green Bay has two years in a row they've come come out so flat and it's like well do you take anything away from that either yeah three out of four years really if you go back to the the first year of Matt LaFleur and that Bears game yeah which we remember as being um a compelling game because it went down to the wire but both of those offenses were so bad in that game <laughs> and and we think about it now oh yeah okay those teams had good defenses but like the Packers ended up having a pretty good offense that season and just played terrible in that first game. The only time in the Matt LaFleur era, the offense has looked good in week one was when no one had any preseason, when no one had a full training camp and an offseason in the COVID year. And they come out and they hang 40 on Minnesota with no one in the stands. And that was also a really healthy team. I think that's one of the big differences between these two teams right now is Green Bay starting left tackle, hurt, don't know when he's going to be back. Probably not this week. Starting right tackle, hurt. 
Don't know if he's going to be back this week, has a chance to come back this week, but we're not sure. Um, and theoretically, wide receiver one hurt and practiced on Wednesday. So we'll see what his status is moving forward. It seemed like last week they were being very, very cautious. He got stepped on. Um, I, I think he's going to have a chance to play this week, but we'll see this, those questions. And then along with the history of just like week one is weird for them. Um, it leads me to believe that they're going to, they're going to be a pretty different team. A lot of it too, was just like stuff we didn't see last year with coverage busts from players who don't bust coverages. Like it's the worst. And my listeners have heard this. It's the worst I've ever seen Adrian Amos play. And he was, he wow. has been good since the moment he stepped into 1265 Lombardi Ave. Like it's just, he's been just rock solid. I mean, Bears fans know this. He was an unspectacular Chicago Bear, but was always in the right place, always playing his responsibilities. And that just wasn't true in this game. Darnell Savage, also, I think the two of the four worst graded safeties in the league in week one were Green Bay Packers safeties. I just don't expect that to be the case moving forward. So I think you're right. Like, is there a lot to take away? There's a lot to clean up. I know that, <laughs> I think for both teams, but I, I don't like, they did a lot of stuff that's pretty uncharacteristic and and from players for whom it is particularly uncharacteristic. And so, yeah, I had a tough time, again, watching both teams, the Packers and the Bears, and going, okay, I, I feel good about what I'm going to see in week two in terms of being able to predict this is what they're going to do. Like, how, how different is this offense, Lauren, for the Bears? Yeah. Do we have any idea? I don't think we do. Well, it's like the, whatever game plan they had used against the San Francisco 49ers was entirely weather based, right? So we don't like there were there were certainly a lot of the like Matt LaFleur offensive aspects of it in terms of, you know, a lot more stretched outside zone that got the play action game going, got Justin Fields involved with his feet. Like those aspects were there, but it was a super, super conservative game plan in the first half. They were getting in third and longs and handing it off on a draw or throwing a screen pass because they I don't think they trusted the ability to grip the ball and throw it downfield when the rain was coming down. And and I, they wanted to sort of stay the course and stick with this running game. But if we're looking at a much nicer weather game in Green Bay, maybe they feel like they can open some things up. And maybe it looks vastly different. I mean, they, they still, it's going to be like the same types of packages and the same types of opportunities. But in terms of like the game flow and, and, and the play calling from drive to drive and, you know, setting things up in the first quarter to come back to them in the second half, I, I just don't think the Bears really got into what their offense is supposed to actually look like. And then defensively, they had to do so much to adapt to Trey Lance's legs. And, and not that not that Aaron Rodgers is not a mobile quarterback, but he's not the same type of mobile quarterback as Trey Lance, no. certainly not at this stage of his career. So it's going to be a, largely, I think, a very different game plan for the Bears again, too. And and I think it's a similar thing for Green Bay, going from Kirk Cousins to Justin Fields. is is also quite a quite a shocking shift from one week to another. It is. And and I, I think that that part of it, too, um, you know, the, the Packers defense was going up against an offense that theoretically they've seen like they, this should not have been a secret what the, what the, the Vikings were going to do offensively. And so, all right, two weeks in a row, you get to do that <laughs> two weeks in a row. You get to go up against an offense that theoretically you see in practice every day. So if, if they look out of sorts again, that's when you really start having to look at this coaching staff and going, guys, what is it? Would you say you do here? Exactly. <laughs> Because then you're starting to really have concerns about their ability to get these guys prepared properly. This is this is like some of his stuff is day one install stuff. And some of it is just basic communication. Like the Justin Jefferson fourth down touchdown was just as simple as not passing off 
the best player on the field, maybe the best receiver in the NFL on the goal line <laughs> on fourth down. He goes in motion and no one says, cool, I understand that this guy's going in motion now. It was like Adrian Amos, again, don't know what's going on there. And Eric Stokes forgot that that was Justin Jefferson. And I don't know if this is just like preseason, like I, I've, I've been calling it the fourth game of their preseason because that's how it felt. And by the way, Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas and a lot of the guys on the defense were saying, we'd like to play. We'd like to play in the preseason. And that's because, Lauren, they looked awesome in camp. They looked awesome in the spring. They've been playing with their hair on fire, giving Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and all those guys fits. And they just didn't look like that team on Sunday. So it's one of those things where I, I think you're going to see a very different defense maybe not week two necessarily. Like, I don't think it's just going to lock in right away, but I think by, you know, October one, by the time the leaves start to change color, this defense is going to look very, very different. And and by the way, I only gave up 23 points. So it's not like, you know, Minnesota went out and scored 400. It's because Justin Jefferson went off and he's Justin Jefferson and he's wide open that everyone's like, Oh my God, this defense, it, it wasn't quite that bad. It was really like three or four busted coverages. They're just really bad. Like in your brain, you're going, oh my God, uh, how can they do that? And that's the part where you're like, okay, that stuff should be fixable, but you still got to go fix it. All right, let's talk about the matchups here, Lauren, be between these two teams, the things that you and I are going to have our eyes on here, but let's do it right after this. This Locked On Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States or Canada or even some of our listeners overseas in the UK. I know we both got them. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, maybe a special birthday or a holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just want to get from point A to point B. Or maybe you want to test drive that new car that you've had your eye on to just see how it might fit in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lauren, you're going to love this. There is rain in the forecast Sunday night, just so you oh, know. God. Um, not, not a lot. And, and as of right this minute, as of game time, no rain. But in the afternoon, it, there is a pretty good chance that we're going to get scattered thunderstorms. Hopefully nothing that affects the the game. Certainly lightning is, is a big no-no. Can't have that. They're going to play the game if it rains. But 
So just something to keep an eye on if you're a Bears fan. Like, keep your eye on that weather app on what's going on there. If it, if it uh, lightning storms, then A.J. Dillon's going to get kicked off the field by a police officer again, just like he did <laughs> over the summer, right? Like, Oh, no. I was you're there. absolutely right. It was rough. Um, that is, that is uh, if, if you're a Bears fan and don't know what Lauren is talking about, Google that one. That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I, I assume most of my audience knows what that story is. Let's, let's talk about A.J. Dillon. Because to me, this is this is a huge story in this game. The the Bears run defense against the Bears or against the Packers run offense. And the the Packers averaged over six yards a carry against Minnesota. Um, Aaron Jones was the guy that that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers each singled out after the game and said that guy needs more touches. Um, But only 15 rushes between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, A.J. Dillon out touched um, Aaron Jones. But it wasn't like uh, the the Bears' run defense was great in this game. But again, we don't know what we can take away from any of this because it was played in a monsoon. That said, Elijah Mitchell averaged almost seven yards a carry before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he's going to be out a while. And then Jeff Wilson got in there and couldn't do anything. Is that Jeff Wilson versus Elijah Mitchell? I don't know. I what so. do you see from this Bears' run defense? Because that, to me, is the key to slowing down this Packers offense. If they can do that, it's going to go a long way. Yeah, I think run defense is my biggest area of concern on this Bears defense right now. That they were they were horrendous at least for the first half against the San Francisco 49ers. In the second half they started they felt like they started getting a little bit more aggressive and started like seeing things quicker. I think Shanahan especially was like in the first half he was putting Debo Samuel in the backfield, he was jet sweeping left and right and doing a lot of different things in the running game. The Bears were like a little bit I think shell-shocked of like okay, where's the ball and where do I attack and all that. But I also think that once Elijah Mitchell got hurt, Jeff Wilson just does not have the same juice that Elijah Mitchell did either, and that made a huge difference as well for these guys to get over there. But, like, the the great – that's not the great debate yet. Bears fans don't want to hear about how bad Roquan Smith was in run defense last week, and the other linebacker, Nick Morrow, was also pretty darn bad in there. And so I have a lot of concerns about that. And And yet I also feel like – when it comes to this Packers offense, yes, they ran the ball really, really well, but I'm still much more worried about Aaron Rodgers. Like, like I know Aaron Rodgers struggled and that his receivers dropped a bunch of passes and that the passing game was not what worked for them. But I kind of feel like, all right, like if if the if the Packers can beat the Bears by just running the ball a bunch, like more power to you. I would rather lose to you running the ball really well than letting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers slice and dice the secondary all the way down the field. So like I don't want to just say, screw it, running game's not important, because it is, and they can they can win the game doing that, but I feel like I can live with the Packers getting five yards a carry if that means Aaron Rodgers is having another, what, 150 yards. Well, he's up to almost 200 yards in this last game. But, yeah, 195 but, by the end of the game. But I, it's sort of like it might as well have been 150. Like it, it was a lot of it was inconsequential. So I, 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 this is my question for, for you, Lauren. Like, do you think and I think it was different with the 49ers. And because it was a monsoon, you're not as concerned about them throwing over your head. But do you think we're going to see? The, the same two high looks like this is they're just going to live in too high against Green Bay the same way Minnesota did. I I, I mean I think so. They, after a while, they started bringing Jaquan Brisker like up on the line of scrimmage a little bit. And that's like, what I mean. But that was I, I assume that was for for like Trey Lance purposes for run defense purposes. Yeah. So no, that's, that, that's why I'm wondering like if if the Packers can say, all right, here's six yards of carry. Do the Bears start having to bring Jaquan Brisker into the box and now it's shot play over top time. Yeah, I mean, I think they they want to spend as much time as they possibly can in too deep, but they didn't they didn't necessarily have to make the adjustment to stop 
the 49ers traditional ground game. Like it, the adjustment was to stop Trey Lance's ground game and they were right. more or less content with, you know, Elijah Mitchell and, and to some extent Debo Samuel getting those carries and getting some decent yards, but knowing that they would be able to hold up when those, when those drives started, you know, buckling down a little bit more. And of course they got a couple of turnovers in there as well. And some penalties on the 49ers that helped that as well. So like, yeah, I think the bears want to go as much too deep as possible. And they're willing to kind of say like, until the running game is like legitimately causing them to lose the game, I, I don't think they are going to feel that massive need to adjust it. Cause they do trust that, you know, even if Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow are struggling a little bit, that, that they'll figure it out and that they can still rely on those guys to be at least freak athletes, even if they can't get off blocks at the second level. So the, the Packers pass rush against Minnesota, they they got pressure on Kirk Cousins over 40% of his dropbacks. And Justin Fields faced pressure at a similar rate against San Francisco. Part of that was um, really bad field conditions, so guys are taking longer to get in and out of breaks. Part of that is it's not exactly an all-star group of receivers in terms of trying to get open. And part of that is Trey Lance is still working through um, the, the the processing part of playing the position. There's there's a lot of different factors that contribute to all of this, and and I, I want to be clear about that because Bears fans are mad about a tweet I had where he was one of the lowest um, time to attempt quarterbacks in the league in Week One. He was last year too. I, I'm wondering from a passing game standpoint, what do you think in a in a game that has let's say normal conditions, the ideal way for the Bears to attack? a Green Bay defense would be because I look at what I saw from Justin Fields and it's the incredible play to escape a sack, keep a play alive and, and a touchdown. And then there was the really nice schemed up shot play to EQ that, that took a really nice throw from Justin Fields to make, but overall Justin Fields was under a lot of duress. He's bailing the pocket. And if, if you're the Bears, you just I don't think you can win sustainably with Justin Fields playing off script like that. So what is, given what we have seen so far, the best way you think for the Bears to try and attack the Packers? And is that the most likely way you think they will attack the Packers? Because those might be two different things. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100 percent that like the Bears offense worked last week because of like Justin Fields heroics, ex extending plays with his legs and finding guys downfield. But that's not what you want to have to rely on snap in, snap out. That, that, that can't be a sustainable form of offense. Like ideally they want to do kind of what green Bay did or what San Francisco is doing. Like just run the ball as much as possible, get six yards of carry and not make your quarterback have to throw, you know, 30 times in a game. Like just, just make it as easy on him as possible. Work some play action off of that, help the offensive line in that way. And eventually the Bears started to get more into that in the second half. I thought in the first half against the 49ers, David Montgomery was running into a wall every time at the line of scrimmage. The Bears couldn't move the ball. They'd get in third longs. And then Justin Fields would have to have like a longer extending pass play. Like he would just need more time on the clock for a player to get open on third and nine than he would on third and five. And so then the pocket would break down. Then he'd have to get in the pocket and it just became too messy. Second half, it, it felt like the, the passing plays they got into sped up, right? It was, it was quicker reads. It was quicker progressions. Not, not so much from fields, but in how the play was designed. Like the EQ play that you talked about, you know, it's, it's a simple mesh, but he's just going from flat to, to the deep out or the deep corner. And then he would come back to the crosser. And those are all like, it's not a, it's not a rollout half of the field, but it's just those first three reads are all in the same half of the field. So his eyes don't have to go like across the field from left to right to, to actually get through the progression. They just kind of condense those reads to different parts of the field so that he can either, you know, read, read, run, or, you know, if the pocket is going to break down, he just knows he has a couple of options that are a little bit quicker in the play. And, and I think that's ultimately probably what a lot of this bear season is going to be because this offensive line is young and there's optimism that they can keep growing and improving together. But like former Packer, Lucas Patrick, 
was rotating in at right guard because he has a broken thumb that's recovering, so he can't snap the ball. They want him to be mm. the center, but he's and they're they're being real nonchalant about it each and every week. They just named him an honorary captain for this week, so I'm assuming that. he's going to play somewhere. But whether he plays center or right guard or they keep rotating, I, I hate offensive line rotations in the regular season. But like that's where the Bears are a little bit stuck right now. And I think Getzey did a good job of adjusting to his offensive line falling apart. But eventually that group's going to need to play better. And I think we're still going to have to see them need more of those adjustments and have to scheme the pass protection more than just rely on those first five guys. Yeah, and you mentioned the mesh. Like the they at Ohio State, they build the whole offense around mesh. Like yep. they run that forty times a game. So you you hope that that's a concept that Justin Fields is, is comfortable with. And guess what you should do when you're a coach and you have a young quarterback, you should give him concepts that he's comfortable with. Hello, can can you send that to Matt Nagy? Sorry, so, yeah, I was just gonna say, someone tell Matt Nagy <laughs> um, that you build the offense about what your what your your quarterback is comfortable with. I'll never forget. This is this is a story an NFL quarterback told me. And it acted like it was novel that this happened. Sean Payton, his first season in New Orleans, sat down with Drew Brees and said, what do you like on third down? And what do you like in the red zone? And this was seen as like world-changing stuff. Who, who would have thought? Like, that seems like every coach should be asking. Now, when Sean Payton and Drew Brees got together, Drew Brees was not Drew Brees yet. And and that's that's part of this. But... Like, it just makes sense that you would want to marry those two things. I think, ironically, um, in a lot of ways, the Packers offense would be better if they did a little less of that. If if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers would let Matt LaFleur cook a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, instead of the let Russ cook, it's let LaFleur cook. Just like a little more motion, a little more, you know, uh, heavy play action, a little more rollout. Did, did, didn't I read, like, earlier summer that Rodgers said he hates motion or he's, he's annoyed by pre-snap motion? Because, like... It doesn't well, feel he, like a it, great it relationship. It used like, to bother him more. And LaFleur has convinced him. And this was a, this was from a piece with, from Kevin Clark, who was on our show earlier this week. Um, and, and it was a great interview. And I would actually highly recommend that, that your listeners go check that out because Kevin Clark is just an awesome writer, number one. But it's a really good interview talking about Matt LaFleur's peers and what his peers say about him. Um, but yes. There, there was this give and take of like, I don't want to be running motion on every play, Matt. And then what Matt would do is he would explain, okay, but this is how the motion impacts defense's eyes. And especially in the run game, Rodgers has come around, like their yards per attempt, it's like two yards difference when they use motion versus when they don't. Like it, it's one of those things like it works. It works. And that's why they do it. They were able to convince Aaron Rodgers that it works, and that's the beauty of it. All right, final thoughts here. We have predictions coming up, score predictions, and we will summarize all of this for you in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. You guys know about Bet Online by now. I hope you do. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. I happen to have a great game or a great week one uh, with, with the bets. Uh, I did not have a great picking game, but... The bets hit, and that's all that matter, Lauren. That's all that matter if the bets hit. Is the money in the account or not? And by the end of the weekend, it was. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. It's not just football. They've got baseball. They've got MMA, boxing, golf. The NBA season, training camp is just around the corner. I don't know if you know that. Training camp is coming up in the NBA, so there'll be basketball to bet on. Um, bet Online is a great place to get all of that stuff done. Bet online where the game starts. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Packers and Locked On Bears, whichever one you listen to, your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Peacock and Williamson, their NFL show Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you all the big stories around the NFL. So you are up to date on everything going on around the league. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, final thoughts here, Lauren. This is a a weird game that uh, Vegas decided. Our friends at Bet Online decided, you know what doesn't matter? Week one, because the (laughs) Packers opened as nine and a half point favorites. Um, It's up to 10 most places, uh, and the over-under is like 43. So this is going to be, a, a they see a low-scoring game, something in that like 23 to 13 kind of range. Where do you see this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to come on here and predict a, a Chicago Bears second straight upset victory, right? I don't think, <laughs> given especially the, the Did you size. predict week one? No, I did not. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm not predicting that they would do it twice in a row. I, I didn't think, I thought the 49ers team would be better than, than what they were. But I think... I, I do think the Bears can cover that spread. I mean, I think they're going to play this tough. I just think the the type of resilience that they showed last week, even if Green Bay gets up by more than 10, I think the Bears can, at, at absolute worst, backdoor cover a, a potential 10-point spread in this game. And I think th- there might even be a time where the Bears lead in this one, but I, I don't know that they can tr- – I don't know if they'll have enough, you know, Matt Eberflus magic plus Luke Getze knowing the Packers players really well. I don't think that'll quite be enough to pull off another upset, but I do think – I do think it'll be close enough. I mean, I, I like a, a, a 23-20 or maybe like a, a 2017 type of final where it's, it ends up being fairly close, but maybe it's not, it doesn't always feel that close for the entire game, but the Bears make it close and make Green Bay earn it a little bit. So I, I, I will tell you straight away, I love the over in this game because I, I just don't, I think if, to your point, if the Packers do get up and I do think the Packers will be up for most of this game, um, that the Bears are going to fight back. They are. And the Packers have had a tendency over the last few years to let up. They let the Browns come back from three scores down to get back into that game. They let the Ravens last year with Tyler Huntley come back from three scores down to get back into that game. And by the way, they fell down early to the Bears at Lambeau in primetime last year. We just saw this happen on, what did I say earlier? Some specials. They had the punt return, but then also they had um, the, the crossing route. That was a beautifully schemed up play. Justin Fields, I don't remember the receiver's name. I don't think he's even on the team anymore. <laughs> no. And, and he scores on a long touchdown. Um, I think the Packers' offense is going to play a lot better. I just don't think the pass rush for the Bears is going to be able to get home as consistently as Minnesota was. Minnesota got a little lucky on when their pressure came to because they still only got that like 25% pressure rate, which is not a, not a huge number. Um, it was when that pressure came, um, and it was when the Packers were trying to take shots that really scuttled this this Packers team. So I, I I see it in that like 27 to 17 kind of range, but I, I can't predict a cover until I see them cover. I need to see that 
And I need to see this defense play a little bit better. So I don't think, you know, the, the Justin Jefferson is not walking through that door. <laughs> Justin Fields, um, I, I think is a, is it can be a dangerous player, but the Packers are not going to play a bunch of man coverage. That's going to let give him opportunities to scramble all over the place. So I think they're going to be able to contain this bears offense enough um, that the Packers are going to be able to score enough to make this a, a nice, a nice win. I'm not going to predict some like impressive dominating win. I, I just don't, I, that's not fair after what we saw from these two teams in week one to summarize for me, this game comes down to the Packers winning in the trenches. They did not in week one win in the trenches really on either side of the ball. They got enough pressure on Kirk cousins. Kirk was able to escape. They needed to finish a little bit better. And then if they can, if they can run the ball effectively, if they can run the ball as effectively on the bears as they did on the Vikings, I just can't believe the play action game will be as bad as it was in week one. And I don't think the pressure on the straight drop back game is going to be as bad as it was in week one for the Packers against the bears. And so for those reasons, I think green Bay has a good chance to get a get right win um, against the bears. That being said, Justin Fields, certainly with his playmaking, his legs, he made some plays last year. We saw it. Can the Packers force him into some mistakes as the 49ers did? I think that's the big takeaway for me as I look at these two teams. Um, how do you see it? You know, it's funny because it felt like last week against the 49ers, I don't know if the Bears won in the trenches on either side of the ball and still came away <laughs> with the victory. It, it, I mean, so a lot of that influence having to do with the weather, but the 49ers were dealing with the same weather as well. So I think, I think it, yeah, I think it's going to come down to, you know, how well can the Bears make things a little bit easier on Justin Fields? Because if, if they're going to rely on Fields to have to be the hero another game and really single-handedly will his way to some touchdowns in the second half, I don't know if that's something that you can completely count on doing, and I don't know if that can be enough when the offense on the other side has Aaron Rodgers instead of Trey Lance. I think the Bears might be able to, to get one or two on these Packers wide receivers and, and limit the passing game more so than we've seen in years past when it's Devonta Adams lining up all over and running up and down the defense that the Bears had. So I think there's there's some potential to slow down this Packers offense, but I think the Green Bay ground game should be strong enough to make Rodgers not have to be the hero in the same way that Fields has had to be the hero. And when it's all said and done, I think that'll be enough for Green Bay to, to pull away with this one. It's going to be a great fun. I know that uh, it always is. Um, and, and hopefully um, we make it out of it with no injuries on both sides. That is always my hope in these games. It was just the worst sitting there on Monday and watching the reports come in. It's player X out for three months, player X done for the season. So um, I know that this is sort of a fool's errand to hope that there's no injuries in a football game, but we want to see these teams at full strength play as much as possible throughout the year. So um yeah, it's kind of lame to say let's let's hey no injuries, but I I just I hope that for both teams I I hate seeing it. It's like the the least fun part of this job is to have to talk about injuries. So, um, Packers Bears rivalry week, Lauren. We don't we don't get to do this again for a long time. Like there's gonna be snow on the ground the next time we do this. So um, have a great season, man. Um, this is gonna be a lot of fun, and we will talk soon. We will talk to all of our listeners tomorrow, and we'll see you next week. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.